welcome to Fields of Fantasy. Hi, this is Daryl from Fields of Fantasy. This is our guide to fantasy terms. Today we have friend of the pod, Riku, who will be explaining DFS. Thanks, Nathan. So DFS, full name, Daily Fantasy Sport. I'm sure many people have come across DraftKings, also FanDuel, which you can pay on Paddy Power. Those are two main sites. What the concept is, is essentially like Fantasy Premier League. So you have a budget of $50,000 and you have to spend that on a weekly basis to predict who will get the most fantasy. Fantasy points. And the team structure is quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, one flex, and one defense. And essentially, there's two different types of contents. There's GPPs, which stand for guaranteed prize pools, which are bigger tournaments where there's a prizing structure, which tends to be top heavy. And those range from up to like five, six people starting on that. You can do them with your mate, up to hundreds of thousands of people tournament and you select your best lineup with the budget. And the other thing is there's also cash games, which is another format where you play against your mates and you put a head-to-head team together and the winner takes the pots. And the idea is really simply, you have to figure out what combination of players will generate the most fantasy points on a given week. And general strategy around DFS tends to be thinking about what games are going to go off and what games are going to be high scoring. So for example, if the Bulls were to play against the Chief, you would then be thinking about, do I want to break my lineup focused on that game? And then you might have Patrick Mahomes, you might have Devin Singles, you might have MVS, you might have Travis Kelsey, and you might think about someone like Gabe Davis. Of course, the challenge is fitting all of those people into the $50,000. Generally, people tend to think about stacking. So you pair your quarterback with two pass catchers and then potentially bring back one player from the other team. The main thesis of that is, of course, that if that game becomes high scoring and your quarterback throws three touchdown passes or four touchdown passes, then two or three of those will go to the pass catchers. And if it's high scoring on the other side, somebody else will then also contribute in touchdowns. Of course, you have to think about how you structure your team. So if you're spending a lot of money on your running back like Derrick Henry, then it probably doesn't make sense to get somebody like Traylon Burks this season from the Tennessee Titans, because what you're essentially betting on is that Derrick Henry will score lots of points on the ground. So he'll rush for touchdowns and he'll rush for hundreds of yards, which means that the passing game is going to suffer as a result of that. The other thing that people do is definitely different positions have different sort of price ranges. So quarterbacks tend to range from five to $8,000, running backs from four to $9,000, wide receivers from three to 9,000 and tight ends from two and a half thousand to $8,000. So for example, if you investing all your money on high value wide receivers like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, then you might have to think about cheaper running backs that will do well. And the other thing that people really focus on is ownership, which you can buy data which predicts ownership and points. So one of the things that you might want to think about is if everybody in your tournament is going to play Jonathan Taylor on a given week because he has an easy matchup against the Jags or the Texans or someone like that. If you put your money towards Michael Pittman and a few other expensive wide receivers, you might want to pick someone like Naheem Hines because then what you're betting is on the Colts passing game and at the same time what you're doing is you are fading Jonathan Taylor and that means 
means that more of the field will have Jonathan Taylor. And when they fail, Hines and Fetman will do well. We do tournaments every so often with mates in smaller groups and obviously field size and other things. So if you're joining a tournament that has hundreds of thousands of people, you often have to have a near perfect lineup to win the bigger prizes. Whereas in smaller tournaments, when you're playing with your mates, you don't necessarily have to have that perfect tournament and you don't have to focus as much on correlation and stacking players. 